Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... This episode of the Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Picture Book Summit. Do you dream of creating picture books that'll change a child's life? I sure hope so. Learn how to find your voice at Picture Book Summit, a world-class online conference for picture book authors and illustrators. Join them on Saturday, October 3rd, 2020, for keynotes from their award-winning best-selling lineup, including author-illustrator Sophie Blackall, author Lisa Klein-Ransom, and author-illustrator Peter H. Reynolds. Don't delay. Deadline to register is September 30th. Go to picturebooksummit.com slash winner. Well, it, it is so nice to connect with you again. I'm so glad that we're doing this, and I'm so glad that I got to read A Gift for Ama. It's such a beautiful book. Mariana has done gorgeous illustrations. Wow. I know. And they, like, it just, they just blew me away the first time I saw it. Oh, they're so I was stunning. Like, so wow. vibrant. Yeah. Right, right. It's like, as an author, you don't want to get too close to a vision, like in terms for oh, the art. You don't want to get married to it, but there's a certain sensibility or like a certain like a few elements that you build in your head like it has to be colorful it needs to be vibrant like it has to be active or dynamic or whatever and then when I saw the first bit I believe it was for the yellow I saw this spread and I was like it has everything way beyond what I had hoped for and it was like yes so it, it's beautiful it's gorgeous and That's the attention wonderful. to detail and the uh, colors and the um, the the very active sort of quality that she has brought in yeah. is amazing. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 628. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner if you want to support the show. Lots of good bonus content there and a book club too. You can also leave a review of the show on the app you're listening to right now. That helps a ton. Today I'm joined by Mira Sriram. Mira's newest picture book is called A Gift from Amma, Market Day in India, and it's illustrated by Mariana Kabasa. I am always keeping an eye out for books that take the familiar and reshape and reshare in a new way. And in this book, we take a color walk alongside our main character, noticing pinks and blacks and reds and all of the other colors of the market. But this isn't just a walk for the eyes, it's a walk for all the senses. Readers watch the charcoal black roast sweet corn and kebabs while hearing the black drums beat and boom. 
They smell the powdery spice scent of turmeric, yellow like sunshine dust, while hearing a yellow rickshaw pass. Mira has captured the sensory experience of the markets she grew up visiting, and she shares them with all of our readers. It is a place you'll want to visit over and over again. And centering all of this is a child's love for her mother. Please welcome my guest, Mira Sriram, author of A Gift from Amma, Market Day in India. Hi, I'm Mira Sriram. I write children's books. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm the author of the picture books, The Yellow Suitcase, A Gift for Amma Market Day in India. And my next book is called Between Two Worlds, and it comes out next year. I am so excited to welcome you back, Mira. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Matthew. It's such a pleasure. Um, I love, love chatting with you. I love our conversations. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me again. Oh, that conversation. I'll have to link it in the show notes. That conversation about the yellow suitcase, about family, about loss, about the things we carry. Oh, I love it. And uh, here you've brought India to us or you've brought markets to us. You've brought lots, lots and lots of things to us. I'm so excited to talk to you about a gift for Amma Market Day in India. Why don't I ask you first, though, to introduce this book to folks who haven't seen it yet? Oh, sure. Uh, thanks for sharing the excitement. I am very excited as well. This book is called A Gift for Amma Market Day in India. And it is for uh, preschoolers, early elementary kids. It's fundamentally a colors concept book, but it's also a celebration of a child's love for her mother. So in this story, we follow a little girl who is exploring an outdoor market or a street market in India, trying to find the most special gift for her mom. Um, and as we follow her, it's almost like we are taking a trip with her to the um, bustling, beautiful, colorful markets in southern India. It is it is a delight to look at this book. I know we were talking before recording about Mariana Cabasa's beautiful, vibrant work. But I mean, she has she has made this book. It's that quality of like, it's really, really hard to turn the page on this book because you don't want to move away from all of the details she's committed to each of her spreads. It's so beautiful. Right, right. It, it, I totally agree. It's an explosion of colors. And you want that for a colors book, right? And it's also all the the vibrancy that she's brought to it. It's it, She's captured all the, the bustle and the action and also the details that she's added, just her own touches, um, little things that I'm sure kids will pick up on and keep going back to again and again to take in uh, oh, what's happening in that corner? Or what about the birds here? Like, what is this person doing? Oh, look at her sari. There's so much to take in on these uh, pages. And I love it. I love how it has turned out. And with each of these colors, she absolutely consistently throughout the book is presenting an ombre of the colors. It's not just, here's this one orange. Let's spot all the occurrences of this one orange on the page or pink or black or whatever color. She is showing many, many occurrences of those colors throughout, which 
which <laughs> makes sense, of course, but it also plays with your words in a fun way because your words sort of call out one thing that Mira is looking at. And we see in that, that view, though, a whole world of that color represented. Could I read an excerpt? Would that be okay, I think, to illustrate? Of course. Thank I'd you. love well, to hear you do a read aloud. I you, love it when you, you read know it. You know I love doing that. I just, I always, it's, I know that these are your words, so I want to make sure. Um, so we'll, we'll start, um, I'll start with the beginning, just because it's good to start with that lead in. It begins, the sun grows bright. The street is busy. It's market day in town. I count my money and dash outside to find a treasure for Ama. Saffron orange strands in tiny scoops. Would Ama like to season rice? Orange marigolds swing over doors. Swish, swish. Should I make her a garland? I'll, I'll do one more spread. Jasmine white in starry blooms. Petals to perfume Ama's braid. But white goats shove past. Shoo, shoo. I squirm away. Oh You've gosh. got... You're <laughs> this... so expressive. Oh, I, would, I love this book. I've read <laughs> this book to job. my daughter so many times, Mira. My daughter who has grown up and now... This is a fun connection from when you and I last talked. She now at bedtime... You know, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here. She, quote unquote, reads books to us. She, oh, you know, what? reads the pictures and tells uh -huh. us stories of books. And this is certainly one where she tells us what what we see at this market. It's super cute. Wow, that's so beautiful. And that's how that's how children start to become readers later on. Of course. They, they narrate, they retell stories, they hold a book and they pretend that they're reading. And, 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 and that's how they eventually become readers. So she's doing all the right things. She's on track to become a great reader. <laughs> I hope so. And you're writing though, Mira, I have to say in your, you as an author, your partnership with readers, you have your text exploring and asking questions in the voice of your narrator, in the voice of that daughter who is taking in the market and thinking aloud, should I get this or should I get that? Here's another color I should look for. What about this or what about that? And I think in doing that, it's also inviting the readers to look around the page. What other white things, what other, uh, in this case, jasmine white things or charcoal black things uh, or lotus pink things could she find? And what I especially love is that the way the text is printed in the book is that that, that starting word, uh, lotus or saffron or jasmine is in all caps, nice and bold, followed by that, the color pink or black uh, or white. And, um, and in that way, I feel like you're also introducing children to, to deeper language for describing colors, sort of like why it's so fun to read the descriptions on a Crayola crayons box where it's like, this isn't yellow, it's macaroni and cheese or, right. or whatever. But it invites sort of a more, I don't want to be too didactic about it, but a more precise description of color, which I think is something that all of us from that young age up through adulthood, we all are trying to find what What's the right way for me to describe this that feels like it honors the thing I'm talking about? So I love that you use that device in your storytelling. Right. That 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 was the, almost like a light bulb moment that I had when I was doing um, one of some of the earlier drafts. I was just 
initially it was just white and black and red and i was using all these uh, uh items that were sort of culturally relevant like uh saffron and vermilion uh things that were commonly found in the market in india and i was using these items but then i was still using regular terms like red and black and white and suddenly it occurred to me like i remembered even growing up in india my sister and i when we talked about my mom's sarees we would be very specific because obviously my mom had tons many many sarees and we would say not that one the one that has the lighter shade of maroon the one that had you know the 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 red peppery red saree so we would say that and and we often very often used uh, in our conversations like it's the lotus pink or it's the uh, it's it's like a pepper red and then it it occurred to me like these are colors that we use like saffron and charcoal are colors just the words the terms are used to describe colors but they're also so in context for india so they do double duty so to speak of being colors as well as very culturally iconic things that you would see in a market and that's what was like okay this is going to be something new something fresh something fun and also like you said allowing that space to learn new things to explore to ask questions to search for answers that sort of a thing if you were to go to a new place then you want to learn about the place what's what's common here what's culturally relevant here or you know so what what represents the place so all these items also bring in that the smells the colors the foods that you see in india and and i really enjoyed once once i got that that sort of like that idea in my head then it was so much fun um um making it stronger and actually making it richer with word choices and active verbs and that sort of a thing were so you, were you drawing from inspiration from one particular market you went to growing up or are these descriptions these this setting in this book is it sort of a, a an amalgamation of a number of different markets so this is a very uh, uh a very honest reflection or representation of markets all over india like you could go to any city uh, in any region north south east west and you would still find uh, street markets outdoor markets like these with spices vegetables fruits snacks toys clothing you name it you can find in the market but my inspiration uh or the details that came to me as i wrote the manuscript was from the markets that i went to with my mom uh that i went to like it was a big part of my life i went to the markets all the time to pick up stuff for myself or for the family and uh, they are in the neighborhood that i grew up in uh, uh in a couple of different neighborhoods and it it was just like you get you get out to the street and you just take in all these colors and smells and sounds and there's so much going on and uh and i and then when i started writing i knew that i always wanted to do a book uh of colors or a concept book for early learners but i wanted to set it in uh these markets that are so full of action and um just full of life and bursting with colors so yeah so the inspiration is the is a market that i went to as a child but then it represents most markets in india i think that where i live on the east coast 
you know, we have farmers markets that my kids have gone to. Farmers markets under bridges in Baltimore. Farmers markets in our um, libraries parking lot. Things like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, the notion of or, or the our concept of farmers markets are also that we only can get to them for a certain period of time because we because seasons change. So mm-hmm. so there's access there, but also okay. with to, to different foods. But also as seasons change you know, we can't go to a farmer's market in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sort of drives everyone inside. What struck me here and uh, listening to you is that this is something that was accessible all the time for you all year round, but that really it sounds like the entire community was outside, that it's not just uh, local vendors selling food, which primarily when we go to farmer's markets, it's primarily food, um, mm-hmm. but also to hear you talk about toys and and clothing, um and to have these animals uh, interspersed throughout and, and different things like that were, uh, it, it reminded me of, of the similarities I could draw, but also also how things are different. And, and in that way, I think very naturally drew me to compare and to, to perhaps reflect on my experiences going to markets and thinking, have I seen spices at markets? I bet I have. <laughs> have I seen this? Have I seen that? So it was right, really right. Uh, fun to be able to to um, to draw those comparisons. Hey there, book nerds! You know what's even better than hearing bookmakers share stories of how their ideas became the stories you love? Having those stories in your home your classroom, your library, or your life to be enjoyed over and over. Bookshop.org allows you to purchase your favorite books from the show and support local bookstores while doing it. I even maintain lists of all the books shared each season, so it's easy to find what you're looking for. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop, or use the link in the show notes to find your next favorite story. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, there are so many similarities, and yet there there are differences, right? Just like with everything else, uh, we all go to the farmers market. So as a concept, going to a market with your family to pick up something is is very universal, and we can all connect and relate to that experience. But at the same time, the setting and certain details, certain layers, kind of also shows how it is done in a different part of the world or in a different culture or in a country. So in India, it's it it like you said, it's not on one particular day. It is just there. Uh, so people come out to the street, they set up their kiosk or their little boots in front of stores on the sidewalks or along the street. And uh, and then there's like maybe a Sunday or Saturday when 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 they get their their you know, when, the, when, when they're actually full of their stuff, like the goods have arrived and, and it's generally busier on those days. There are certain days in the week. But then otherwise year round, you have all these markets, people selling. The interesting thing is it's not one spot or one space. Like, like you said, here we would clear up a parking lot, right? Mm-hmm. Or we would create a space, we would block traffic. Like I live in Berkeley and we would close... Uh, couple of streets, couple of blocks to, right. tra- to traffic. And, and and then we would be able to walk up and down and we would have all these, uh, you know, the the stalls or the boots along the street. But but in India, it's like, it's a busy street with traffic. There, there are public 
buses. There are the, the rickshaws, the autos, the pedestrians, the bicyclists, like the motorists, everyone. Like it's, it's just, it's, 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 it, there's traffic, then there's cattle, like the, the, the cows and goats are just wandering around. And then there are people selling, buying, shopping, and then there are hawkers. And then there are the, uh, the, the restaurants, the little tiny, um, uh, you know, like snack places, the bakeries where people are having their breakfast, eating lunch, whatever. So it's like life is going on. Nothing has been, nothing has stopped or like nothing special has happened. It's just oh. so woven into the fabric of life. Like It's less have... of like an event. And right. It's more just that this is, life is happening all around. This exactly. is just, as you're saying, this is just, picture it as just a grocery store in the middle of the street. Uh Right. So in, in, yes. a, in a way, that's not nearly doing it justice. But but that helps me to understand because it's so far outside of my cultural experience. It helps me to understand why there would be uh, cows and goats and right. and rickshaws passing and all that because it's because I'm not picture. I'm I I continue to put my own experience on it, picturing like, well, if this is like a closed off parking lot, but it's not. That's so yeah. neat to know what a difference it is. I uh, there were there were m- moments here that uh, had me really longing to be walking through this market. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of them, be, I, I'm probably gonna. Now that I'm saying that, I'm gonna. You know, name, I can wait to hear. Let's what see, it I'm is. gonna name every single page. Watch <laughs> me watch every single page. But I think first of the charcoal black page uh, and the roasting okay. corn. Right there mm-hmm. on the street, and the um the red um container of sodas, right? Oh, right. On the ground. There were little details oh like God, that that yes. that Mariana has put in that I was like, I can I can picture those moments. Some of them even just picturing it because, like, I've I've been down to um our stadium when the Baltimore Orioles are playing, and I've seen folks that markets pop up in that way there. Now, often those are like souvenirs. But still, things pop up right there along the street, and there's just little things that I'm like, I I know that experience in a different way. Wow, wow! But, but on that that, page, that's so adorable. Like, but you you, have, you, you have, zoomed into that, and course. you made a connection with that. I'm like, I want that right now. I want to be there and drink that and eat that. Exactly that excitement of I know exactly. I don't know, I don't know this setting in the book, but I know the feeling of that setting and that emotional connection is is so exciting and is i think the same joyful tone that you are also communicating there's like a tonal match there i also think oh the stunning a page of many that completely was stunning to me was the indigo indigo blue waves of all of the the cotton um, just right. waving in the breeze. Oh, that page is so beautiful. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love this. I should be asking more people what their favorite page is. Like, I just learned so much and I actually hadn't noticed the the, the models. Oh. <laughs> so this is fun. Did this you notice? Fun. Here's another fun detail that I, that I was like, oh, Mariana has some clear uh, 
imagining of setting here. She's really brought herself in the illustrations to this market because on the turmeric yellow page, the man mm-hmm. um, scooping out the spices. Did you notice that he's got uh, powder from the spices on his arms, like on, a, on his sleeves and on the side of his chest? Right. I thought that is so brilliant. Right. Little things like that where I'm like, this I is so good. You know, Matthew, you actually did this to me in Yellow Suitcase as well. Oh, no, you did I? actually <laughs> opened my eyes to so many things I hadn't even noticed. I'm like, oh, gosh, I should look at this. I mean, it looks like I'm taking it in, in right? I When the book, when the arc comes, like I'm there sitting with my book for like hours and hours going back to it. Uh, and then and then there's always something that you point out that I hadn't noticed. I, I think you had mentioned something like, how the particular blue was in like on every spread oh, or something I like that. I remember that. It was like yes. an off moment for me. Oh my gosh, I hadn't even noticed that. Yeah. And and here this little detail, but that's so natural, right? That that's so realistic. You can see how his shirt is stained with the turmeric that is he's holding. Right. Obviously, if his white shirt him. if his white shirt was stainless, we wouldn't right. believe it. Right. It would right. deceive the audience and that it would not ring true and we need these details to be true because just as much as your readers are hearing the words and the words are pointing to different parts of the illustration your readers are absolutely also reading the art and it and Mm -hmm. that art needs to be true as well especially in this book that though it is illustrated it absolutely reads as a non-fiction book as you're saying this is an honest portrayal of markets across India. And so that that means those details need to be right. Right. You, you're, you're correct. You're absolutely correct. It, I think if, if the art didn't uh, do what it has done in terms of the details and those very specific things, like culturally very specific, we did work hard on it. I had been to India um, when the book was being made and I actually brought back about 50, 60 photographs. Okay. Uh, I was on the street clicking with my camera, like, you know. And 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 then Mariona, on her end, had done tons of research. And uh, with our editor, it was such a beautifully collaborative process. And we, so she would share, do the spreads. My editor would share it with me. And we would go over anything that's even a little uh, incorrect or, you know, uh, like the details matter. They really matter. For instance, the uh, for women, when they wear the sari, regionally, it, uh, there's a difference between how they wear the sari, on which side the scarf or the part of the sari goes. Is it on the right shoulder or the left shoulder? So in India, um, in the north, women would wear it on the um, right side. And in the south, they would wear it on the left side. So we had to really pay attention to Every single detail, uh, you know, uh, same thing. Another interesting thing that I wanted to point out is uh, people with uh, bindi, the red dot that yeah. um, that most Hindus wear. So it's not like everyone in India wears it, right? Like I'm, I was raised a Hindu. I don't identify as a Hindu, but I was raised a Hindu. And I never, you know, wore a red dot. And people would always ask me, like, you're from India. Where's your red dot? And But India is a, is, 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 is a very secular a diverse country by itself. There are many, many Muslims. There are many Christians. There are Jews. There are Parsis. There are so many people from different uh, 
uh, religious backgrounds and not everyone wears uh, the bindi. So I wanted to highlight that uh, in the uh, text as well. And that's the reason why the protagonist says, oh, there's on the vermilion spread, she says, uh, but Amma never dots her forehead. So I wanted to break the stereotype of someone from India does not mean that they will wear a red dot. So, so, so we have to show that in the details as well in the art. So there are many people who are wearing the red dot. There are men wearing the red dot, which is actually very true. It's not just women who wear that. Um, And then there are people who don't wear the red dot. So things like that, we were very careful to, uh, about showing people, uh, just not in boxes that we have conditioned, but like really how they play out in society. Mira, I think that that going along with that, one thing I noticed immediately was the um, the different hues of skin tone throughout right. the book as well, which I yes. think, again, is serving your readers to communicate that uh, just because we're from a, a country that you may or may not be familiar with does not mean that we all have the same skin tone or that we all look or dress the same or have the same religion as you're saying there's there's work that the art is doing there to continue to communicate those things beyond your words and it it, i i think it's clear that that care was put into communicating those details right you're spot on with the with the skin shape we did spend a lot of time on making sure that it was a spectrum it was also um uh, you know into it, it was also like you said just to show people that it's like we are not one brown shade. We come in different shades of brown. And there are many people in India who are light-skinned, who are fair-skinned, and there are very, very dark people as well. So it's like it's like you can't say this this particular shade is Indian or it belongs to someone from India. So so we did pay attention to that. Same thing with like the headdress, for instance. Not everyone wears a headgear or a turban, but there are people who do wear that. And particularly if they have migrated from the north, then it's more common for people to wear the headdress. And uh, and even in a place in the south, there could be many families who have migrated from different uh, regions within India. So it is diverse. Every city, every little town is diverse in so many ways. And that's what we try to capture in the art as well. Do you have a spread that really spoke to you either either from when you first saw it um when you first saw mariana's drawings or or even uh now is there a particular spread um thanks for asking let me think oh the first spread that i saw again i think was the yellow spread the turmeric spread Mm. and when i saw the rickshaw and the and the patterns that she had going on the fabric on the rickshaw (laughs) i was like oh my gosh this is going to be gorgeous so it was so promising (laughs) when i first saw that but Uh. my favorite spread is something that i saw much later and it is the uh uh the terracotta spread the brown spread and uh, it is exactly like a store that I shop at every time I visit India. It's like when I'm when I open the spread, it's like I'm in front of the store. It, the the horses, the bells, the 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 details, the designs and patterns on the on the clay things. Um, I love that page, uh, and I also love the the tea page because I love chai. I am I I can drink. Uh, any number of cups of chai in a day. So for obvious reasons, like, you know, my kids were like, oh, I'm 
sure you like the brown tea page. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so that's a no-brainer. I love the, the I smell cardamom. Oh, I want to go have another cup of chai right now. <laughs> oh, I love that you described gray as pigeon gray. I think about little things like that, too, where I'm like, to use terracotta brown and pigeon gray makes both of those colors feel... I don't know, I guess more alive or vibrant to me and not perhaps so dull. Gray can often get cast. Gray can get stereotyped as a dull color, but it it's not. And and to call it something that has a lot of life and noise, something that I immediately uh, can picture and think of what a pigeon is like. Um, uh-huh. I think that that's a fun way to connect that color. Right, right. I know very often we have uh, emotional associations with certain colors, like blue is like, you know, the blues, mm-hmm. yellow is sunshine and bright. So you're, you're right. I, but, but I think in this context, once you go to India, like there's no one color for one emotion, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a riot out there. <laughs> so, well, yeah. our, our main character is uh, looking for... I'm going to not spoil the ending because I think the ending's adorable. But our main character is looking for a gift for Ama, as the title suggests, and finds one. And it's beautiful. And the portrait at the end of the two of them together is wonderful and is only matched um, more perfectly by your back matter, where you have photos from your trip and a picture of you with your Ama and and wearing something that that I think nods to the end of your story. I thought all of that, not just in the page before, you have all these different markets all around the world, which was also really wonderful to, to bring in the universality of markets. But that last page, just to have that moment of intimacy with you and your mom was really sweet to end with that. Was she sort of on your mind as you were making this book the whole time? Right. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you for those very kind, sweet words. Um, yes, this is, I definitely, I whenever I read this book, or even when I wrote this book, I was taking all these trips in my head to the markets. And I remember going with my mom as a child. And, uh, and, and so I wanted to dedicate this book to her, as you can see in the dedication right there. Um, and and then when I was in India taking these pictures for like research purposes, I picked up those bangles for her, <laughs> and um, and I was and and I that that picture that photograph was actually uh, uh, clicked by my nephew uh, right before I was leaving back to the mm. airport to come back to the U.S. and. Uh, I didn't think they would use it. It was just my mom and I. I was telling her, like, you know, the next time I come here, I'll be bringing the book to you. And, and uh, you know, we were just talking about it. Uh, and and then when my editor, Lisa, she was like, I was sharing these pictures with her when I got back to the to the U.S. And she was like, we should totally have this picture in. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. You're making me cry. It's so sweet. Yeah. So it's like the, 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 the text, the book, the story is like a, is is a tribute to my hometown and also a, really a gift to my mom uh, because I'm really really close to her and I love her so much. So this is this this book is a gift to her as well. <laughs> well, I, I think that you 
and and all of the team that that worked with you to create this beautiful book did did an exquisite job i think again the text and the illustrations do such a beautiful dance on the page but i know that there were many people behind the book to make it to make it what it is and to bring it to all of us in the form that it is so thank you so much for for all that you all committed to making such a beautiful book and and also for sharing your ama with us Oh, thank you. Thank you, Matthew. You're absolutely right. This is just, this is not my work. There are so many people with, with incredible commitment to authenticity, to uh, honesty, to cultural uh, representation, to inclusion, to celebrate the diversity. And every single person at Barefoots has been incredibly uh, passionate about getting it right, um, and even in terms of the aesthetics for the art, the richness in packaging the book, the honesty with which they have done uh, it as, uh, you know, in terms of the even the word, like picking the word Amma is 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 in the language Tamar that I grew up speaking. Um, so it's it's definitely it's a like they say, it takes a village to make a picture book. Right. So hmm. thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it with your family. Well, it's it's truly a work of heart, as they say, too. It's beautiful that way. I am thinking of all of our readers and, and my school year about to start as of recording this and the opportunity, the great privilege, actually, I'll say, that I'll get to share this book with them. So I want to end our time together, Mira, by giving you a chance to speak directly to them. And we'll do it this way. I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Of course, I want to tell children that a book is like a ticket to any place that they want to go to, especially when they can't travel or they don't have the resources to take a vacation. Then a book is like a ticket. Just pick a story that is, a, that is set in a place that you want to travel to and lose yourself in the story. And you'll realize that just by sitting in the comfort of your home, you are going far, far away. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the free music archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron, and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast.
Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.